Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports. No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's Alana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 2.0, Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers, asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that all of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting, confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. I created a really beautiful set uh, with very little technology around to distract me or my guest. And somehow through... um, The miracle that is uh, modern technology where cameras can be really far away and capture really intimate moments at the same time, we've done it. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one 
uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and on and on and on. And I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content, documentaries and films and all sorts of incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So to that end, uh, to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. You can start your free trial today, but you guys, it is only $4 a month if you sign up in earnest. That is nothing when you think of what you're going to get for it. I can't believe this place exists. I can't believe Little Known Facts is a film series. I will continue to do my podcast every week for you, but it is really exciting to go on this whole new adventure with you. So go to watchstage.com. That's watch, W-A-T-C-H, stage.com. Enjoy, and I hope you like it. I am so over the moon to have Sarah Stiles, the two-time Tony-nominated actress currently starring in Tootsie, on the podcast. Welcome, Sarah Stiles. Hey, okay. My guest today is the two-time Tony Award nominee, Sarah Stiles. Sarah's Broadway credits include Tootsie, Hand to God, On a Clear Day, Avenue Q, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and Into the Woods. Uh, some of her film and television credits include Unsane, Get Shorty, Billions, I'm Dying Up Here, The Blacklist, Diet Land, Sunny Day, and Steve in the Universe? Steve in the Universe. Steve in the Universe. Movie. The movie. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many tweets I got about that. <laughs> So good to know. There's some pretty amazing fans. And it would be silly and I would be remorseful to not have mentioned that specific credit. (laughs) Um, She did a solo show called Squirrel Heart, performed in Joe's Pub in New York City, America. Um, I'm sure it has been other places and will be other places because it sold out before you could say squirrel. Uh, Her voice, uh, her beautiful, beautiful voice is on many cast recordings. And I'm so thrilled to welcome Sarah. Styles to the podcast. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I'm such a fan. Oh, well, then (laughs) this can be like a mutual admiration society. That sounds like a good morning. Yes, (laughs) it is a really good morning. Today is also this incredible climate change rally going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And just to kind of see the energy of our youth um, really trying to take control of their lives and our lives and the planet. Yeah. My um, boyfriend's two daughters who live with me half yes. the time are are off from school doing that today. Yes, because yeah. because New York City uh, proclaimed it. Uh, the word is not legal, but you're allowed to leave school right. without like having an absence today, which is yeah, incredible. So cool. So uh, let's start with that. Yeah. You have a boyfriend. I do. <laughs> I have a boyfriend who has two daughters who go to school. Yeah, they're 12 and 13, and they're the greatest. They're the greatest. Yeah. So you get to have uh, an experience of really kind of 
you know, I, I think of your Sandy Lester. Yeah. Let's not bury the lead. Yeah. She's Sandy Lester, <laughs> Tony nominated for Tootsie the Musical on Broadway. And the thing, and the only reason I'm sort of directing a little bit of an arrow from you yeah. to your, your, I guess they're not your stepdaughters, your really handsome boyfriends, very beautiful children, because <laughs> yeah. I watch your vlog, um, uh, is that there's a youthful energy to your character um, that really has that kind of emotional roller coaster vibe that teens can so often have in terms of their hormones taking over. And I have a 16-year-old daughter. Uh And when I was watching you, I was like, wow, the thing that's so remarkable, A, and we'll get into like skincare products and hair care products in a minute. <laughs> I've told others all of this is just an excuse to get people who like have a look that I like and want. I get them in the booth. We talk a little bit about their career, and then I'm like, "Who's your dermatologist?" I love that. <laughs> when Julia Moore that. was here, it took me like 50 minutes, and at the 51st minute, I was like, "I'm just curious, like the color, because that color of red is yeah. very." And I just tried to slip it in there, right? And then I feel like the tape ran out. And it was did like, she give oh. you the secret? Uh, off, off. Okay, good. Off. Uh, it's not camera. Off mic. I yeah. felt like um, because I I think that is probably like insured by Lloyd's of London. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> what Julianne Moore's shade of red is like yeah. that's. Everything. Yeah, Plus it really is. she's the is. nicest person ever. She would tell anybody because she's got not she's one so bit talented. of... She's so talented. I'm such a fan of hers. My God. Well, right? I'm sure doing Tootsie, which is really like the hottest musical on Broadway, you must have person after person that you have admired come backstage. That is true. It's been really cool to meet all of... Yeah, there's Heroes. been a lot of fun people that have come and... and and yeah, and you know, we, I got to see Bernadette again. Whoops! Every time I see her, I do something. You ask her about so her stupid. hair product. No, I can't speak. Can't talk. <laughs> That's so crazy. I either scream in her face. That's the first time I met her. I fully turned around. I got surprised. Yes. She was behind me, no. and I fully screamed in her face, and then kind of ran away after mumbling like "I love you." And then it didn't happen this time because I was prepared. I knew she was downstairs, uh-huh. but like. She came at me to hug me, which was just too much. Right. I couldn't emotionally handle it. Again, instead of screaming, I just was like, oh, yeah, I love you, yes. and then ran away again. Yes. Well, <laughs> let me just say, for those of you who haven't had the privilege, to get backstage at the theater where Tootsie is playing, you walk up 7,000 steps. No, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a, like if you had your Fitbit, you'd be like, I'm done for the year because yeah. I went to see Sarah backstage. I know. So it's just, awful know how much they want to see you because they're climbing Everest and then there's like another level where you rest and then you kind of make your way. That is so great. It's crazy yeah, time. that's exactly what happens. I was just thinking, I saw Beetlejuice last night and getting backstage was so easy and we were all talking about it because we had the night off so a bunch of us from Tootsie went yeah. and we were like, why? this is never like this for us. It's no. so complicated and you, when you want to go get a guest, it takes you forever to get down there. And then by the time you get down there, you're like, do we even want to do this? Let's just go to Bond 45. Exactly. I'll, <laughs> I'll show you a picture of my dressing room. You have a beautiful dressing room, yeah. which everyone can see. So if we go back, mm-hmm. uh, if, we, if we go back in time, mm-hmm. there was a whole life that happened before Tootsie, the yes. musical, which has really introduced you to a whole new audience. There's the Hand to God audience and the Putnam County, and there's a lot of stories. But at some point... Mm-hmm. Um, you who were not born and raised in New York City uh, found theater 
Yeah. And someone brought it to your attention or were you like sleuthing it on your own? How did I, it happen? I um I was I grew up in a really small town in New Hampshire, hippie, crunchy kind of parents. Mm-hmm. And um I was introduced to it because of, when I was in I I just found this way of anytime there was a class project I would turn it into some sort of performance. Uh-huh. And so one of the te- – my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Grandmont, said to my mom – she just handed her a newspaper that had all these summer camps circled of theater camps. And she's like, I think you should do this for her. And it was 45 minutes away from my house because uh-huh. we lived in the woods. Right. Um, but m- to my mom's credit, she got me signed up to that and I did some summer camps. And then I just became known as like the kid that did Annie – in New Hampshire, everywhere. And that's quite literally what what happened. And I was doing it all the way until, like, just before I started high school. I was way too old to be playing Annie. But I had the curly hair, and I could just sing very loudly. So that's... That was your gateway drug That was my gateway drug, yeah. Yeah. And and to do Annie, like, there's no one on the planet, male, (laughs) female, it doesn't matter where you live, um, that that doesn't know Annie. Yeah. And sort of fall in love with the songs from that show. Yeah. They're so happy making. They are. They totally are. It was, I mean, it was dreamy to do that. But in terms of singing, were there other singers? Do you have siblings, by the way? I do. I have a younger brother and sister, and we're really close. Yeah. And my brother is a filmmaker. He's just really started doing that a few years ago, and he's getting, he's getting successful really fast. And so... I mean, my big dream is just I want to have a production company. Yes, with him and so you guys bad. collaborating, together yeah, and doing some big fat movie yeah. musical, yeah. or drama, yeah. or whatever you want to do. All of it. Um, <laughs> I could see you in noir. Like you've got just yeah. this wonderful facility with language. Oh, thank um, you. Have you done Shakespeare? No, you know I didn't. I, I left right from high school. I kind of. I kind of dropped out of high school okay. my senior year and I Well, let's tell that story first. So minute. I was I was like fourth in my class. I was very smart. I mm-hmm. definitely it was Did you excelling. hear that it's not because she was It not was very not because I wasn't I smart. I believe she was fourth in her class. <laughs> I always How say many that. How people were in the class? <laughs> that four. Actually, truly, <laughs> probably 60. So that's not no, no, no. not a great Of course it is. Well, listen, Someone I feel had like to be fourth. I feel like I always have to say that cuz there's all this shame that comes up when I admit it because truly and this is I mean, I'm just going to get real with you. It was I had like a lot of problems with anxiety and mm-hmm. which is also why I'm Sandy is just so accessible for me because I've I've conquered quote unquote that but also know it so deeply yeah. but um I yeah I just couldn't I don't know what it was but like I just started that's when I started like having panic attacks like in my senior year and I ended up because of my upbringing was so sort of you know unconventional with my parents they just let me go and so I left school and my mom's like you need a diploma though mm-hmm. like so so we found she found we a found neighboring a that made them <laughs> we found a neighboring school that I never set foot into right. that were able like all I did was I needed one English credit right. and so to actually graduate so I wrote all these papers on Shakespeare turned them in to this school in Maine I think it was Noble High School, I'm pretty sure that was the name of it, and they gave me the diploma. So I technically graduated, but then I went, I came straight here. So what I guess I'm saying is I didn't have a lot of, and I went to AMJA, which is a very small, short program, you right. know, and it's like a crash course right. in all of 
um, just the, the basics. That's the American Musical, Musical Dramatic, Dramatic Academy. Academy. Yeah. And that's in New York City. That's in New York City. So, like, that was a way for me to get really comfortable in New York yeah. and to make friends and also knowing nothing. I mean, I, I'd done Annie at all these community theater productions. I knew how to sing loud. I'd learned a time step at this summer camp. And that was it. Right. So, this it was the perfect place to go, oh, like, what? that's what an acting class is or right. that's what an action is when you're singing and yeah. I knew nothing so um but but I didn't I I do wish that I had gotten more of the um like I don't know about movies I don't mm-hmm. know about plays I don't know all of those things I've had to learn later and right. work hard at Shakespeare all of that I never I never took any classes in that well here's the amazing thing about <laughs> life yeah first of all I mean we talk about this all the time that every job uh, is an opportunity to kind of deep dive whether it's you know nonfiction or fiction in yeah. terms of the character you're playing it's an opportunity to get really deeply educated yeah. in what you know whatever landscape this this opportunity that's presented it has presented itself to you is or lives in and what we didn't have i mean you're younger than me but google was not like on my phone when i right. walked around and obviously google is not college but it is a way like once you start kind of getting in there there's just the resources are extraordinary yeah, so easy to get and to life is so long and you can decide at any point yeah. to do whatever you want like Karen Olivo was just on this podcast uh-huh. and and she was like wow I have been doing this a really long time I have accomplished my dreams mm-hmm. there's more to come but I'm going to hit pause and expand in these other ways and yeah. it was so inspiring to me because I felt like even doing this podcast was such a departure. And believe me, the second you do a podcast, I cannot tell you, like, the headlines were like, she's, like, Levine's left acting for podcasting. And you're like, really? <laughs> I ju- okay, yeah. okay. Um, they, they're just so quick to decide. Yeah, um, yeah, to put, put you in every In yeah. a box, right? Yeah, and it's like, oh, actually, I just wanted to share the most incredible stories I was hearing in dressing rooms yeah. with others all over the world so they just don't feel alone. Right. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like, this is what it really is. And here are these beautiful people inside and out, talented, and their hearts equal their talent. <laughs> I want you to get to know them in a way that makes you feel like you can follow your dreams. Yeah. However... People like were like, oh, so now you're a podcast host. <laughs> so it's just fascinating to me. So when I was sitting with Karen, I was like, wow, it's so hard to do that without everyone having some feelings about it. Yeah. Strangers as well. It's true. Katie Irby, the most magnificent actress, mm-hmm. also left high school and and talks about it here and sort of like as a you know, as a middle aged person, still feeling like I have to explain it and yeah, don't do the this fourth at home, of my class kids. thing. It's yes. true. Or like <laughs> I'm not. Um, this is not like what you should do. This yeah. is just what was right for me. But the thing that strikes me so much, and you know this even as being like a parent, even though you didn't have to give birth to the children, mm-hmm. um, which seems great because <laughs> it's very painful. Um, is when you talked about your parents, like I'm always so struck by, yeah. you know, you sort of described yourself as growing up in an unconventional environment. Yeah. And then when you said in the woods, I just thought, and then she got to do into the woods. I, and she really knew what the woods, like I was from <laughs> Teaneck. I would have been like, what's a, what, what are the woods? <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about w- without prying and your parents aren't here. Yeah. So they're allowed to talk for themselves too. But totally. what does that mean? Like 
crunchy, granola, yeah. hippie, unconventional. Um, and it, what works from that that I can steal in my own parenting? Yeah, right. Um, well, there was – we didn't have a lot of money. Um, and so one of the things that I got from that, we would go – when we would shop for school clothes – we would go to the Salvation Army as little, little kids. And this was before it was cool to right, thrift. This was not thrifting. Yeah, it this wasn't. Was it was like hipster. No. And it, you had to like, um, you know, my mom would give us sort of a budget and then also say, but you got to you got to choose the ones that have this sticker because this sticker's 50 percent mm-hmm. off. And so we would she just let us go. And I have to say, all three of us, we are so good at thrifting you can't even imagine and we love it it's like something that when the three of us get together we always do that together and it's i would my creativity was really um sparked in those giant salvation army like you know warehouses where we could just pick whatever we wanted and be any kind of person we wanted Mm -hmm. to be and so like as a little kid i would go there's pictures of me as a six-year-old going to school and i'd have like a like a neon blue unitard that was like a gymnastics outfit and then i had this one sweater vest that was an xl women's xl highlighter yellow kind of sweater vest that I would wear as a dress that went all the way down to my feet and I would belt it and put berets on and like just wacky little eccentric kids and that was that was not only okay but encouraged in my house. And what about outside your house were you self-conscious were people Not at first. You know, you get self-conscious in middle school Later. and I can remember like you know changing and wearing khakis and wearing polos and whatever was like to fit in. Yeah. And then you realize, you know, you get out of that finally, like hopefully in high school. But um, and I guess I did sort of in high school. It, fashion and clothes has always been like such an important thing to me because I think it's such an expression of, of your insides, mm-hmm. what you wear outside. And um, and it can sort of it's like a costume that's sort of I would kind of hide behind my outfit sometimes, mm-hmm. too, in this great way. Um and then also we, you know, we were vegetarian and we did lots, we were drinking rice milk and. Before pat- it was cool. Oh, before it tasted good. <laughs> oh, God. It's like so disgusting. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Like, I guess. Were your taste buds familiar we would, with it? We would know that because then we'd go to friends' houses and I can remember this one girlfriend that I had that I would go and she could eat unlimited amounts of Doritos and like yodels like the Swiss cake Delicious. thing yeah and Kool-Aid and and because she could she never wanted to right but I would go there and it's I couldn't even have a conversation it was all I was thinking about because yeah. I was used to you know buckwheat everything and texturized vegetable protein and like chickpea powder in your pancakes tell your that's disgusting (laughs) would you tell your parents that you had kind of cheated on the is styles your family name yeah my dad's name my mom is proctor and she's from the the, she's direct descendants from the salem witch trial proctors oh my 
Oh, yeah, it's really juicy. I really do need to have them. Are they still alive? (laughs) Yeah, my mom is actually coming this weekend. She's coming tomorrow. Yeah, with my niece, who's like a magical unicorn person. (laughs) Your mom showed up with like a scarlet. She wears like a scarlet letter. (laughs) We always say. Sometimes if I'm really feeling freaked out about things, I call call the coven, which is my sister and my mom and my niece, who's eight. And I'm like, okay, I need the coven on this. I need y'all to like put your energy. But that was another thing, like energetically manifesting things and and making sure that like you think positive but also like you're creating your own destiny or this is happening because of this it's very cosmic which sounds kind of cool but is also like hugely stressful mm-hmm. because you start feeling like wait I, did I not have the right crystal did I not have that exactly and you're like oh I I didn't want it I didn't think about it hard mm. enough and that's why I didn't get an A on that paper or that's what you know like that yes. kind of stuff so how do you in, like in your so you come to New York to go mm-hmm. to AMDA mm-hmm. um, are there dorms how do you like set up shop in New York City there, from a tiny town in New Hampshire well uh, my parents are divorced, but I do remember they were divorced at the time. This was the last, it may have been one of the last times I ever s- spent any time alone with them. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was the last time. They drove me here together to move me into the Stratford Arms, which is on like 71st Street, I think, in West, the, the uh, west Side. Um, it's... It's one of the scariest buildings oh my God. to this day. And there was one of the giant rats because they were picketing right. the, the employees. Yep. So the rat was blown up and, and I'm walking to this room and it, it's, um I don't know if it's low income housing or what it is. There's, there's quite literally like there were mental patients there living amongst us. And is this I, where they put the actors up, or did you find this on your no, own? No, this like, was where this was the student housing. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, which I okay. think they still have. I'm pretty sure they still put people there. I don't know the state of it now. That was okay. so long ago, but um, but it was. Ter- I mean, yeah, it was terrifying. Had you been to New York before? No. Oh no! One time, one time I'd been with with a friend. Yeah, okay. for like twenty four hours. Okay. Had you seen a Broadway show? I yet? saw Jekyll and Hyde when I was there. Good one. And I stayed at the Marriott actually because I remember the elevators. Oh, so weird, full circle. And all of the like <laughs> opening night parties you've been to since then yeah. in those elevators that literally like your stomach gets left in the lobby. You're like, <laughs> yeah. this is not. I could not. You know what's good about those elevators? I learned early on I cannot be an astronaut. I, like, I just, I don't have it in me to do that. Gravity. Do you do okay on subways? Is that all right? Fine. Okay, yes, yeah, the elevator. It's just going up super fast. The drop, the, the stomach drop. Yeah. You're I not mean, a roller coaster When person. I say I do fine on subways, as fine as you can do, we're now, like, everyone's just watching porn on their <laughs> iPhone next to you. Like, I can't believe the things I'm seeing. Have you been sent it before? I've been airdropped. Oh. Uh, do you know, I didn't know what airdrop was. Like, I have a very fancy phone and it's wasted on me. I literally <laughs> cannot even, all I do is keep it off because I'm so scared it's going to ring in a theater that <laughs> yeah. it's never on ever. But George Salazar, the great George Salazar, uh-huh. um, showed me airdropping. And it. I was like, that is why I am receiving out of nowhere the craziest boast. Both pornographic or just because your name because your airdrop was open to yeah, the public. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> couldn't turn it on or off. Like wouldn't have even known what it was. And so I'd get these random like crazy. Oh, yeah. Didn't understand what was happening. But then I have to admit, after he showed me, there was a day where I was just like airdropping like pictures of Santa to people. <laughs> 
That is amazing. I never thought about turning it into good. I was just trying to like Mother Teresa. Like I would just find like really nice, like or someone looks sad. Like you could, yeah, a sunflower. Yes. Like, in, like whatever. Like just. And then I was like, but that's kind of equally yeah, creepy. Maybe creepy too. That might be creepy. Anything. So yes, airdrop. Um, but you managed to kind of like. Do you have a roommate? No, it was such a tiny little room. Yeah, but but you get, you know, they have all these events in the beginning and you're in class with the same people. You get one class that you take sort of everything with except the dance classes. You kind of mix it up. But How long is that program? It's only like, I did it I think in a year and a half. I got here in the fall of 99 and then finished whatever, a year and a half later. So you were here for 9-11 yeah, I was on tour. You I was were on tour. opening night of Titanic in Michigan. Whoa! Yeah, it was okay. crazy. But but that means you started to get work very quickly after you finished this program. Yeah, I did. I I I was really lucky in the beginning. I did all you know. I did the Nanganak tour. I did lots of regional theater. I remember one summer bouncing from one to another, just like having a lot of luck with booking that kind of stuff. And and then, you know, I booked the Dr. Doolittle, the Tommy Toon Dr. Doolittle, which I learned they I was a puppet. Mm-hmm. I had a puppet in that and they were like, here, figure out how to work this parrot puppet. And I'm like, okay. And Because that's what we do. That's what we do. It's a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. assignment. Yeah. And we're like, okay. I, I got this. Yeah. I can remember like, like spending all my lunch breaks and coming in early and just rehearsing with this puppet because I wanted to be great at of it. Of course. But, um, but the, and then right out in the middle of touring that, I had booked, I booked a Spelling Bee on Broadway as a vacation swing. But then when I ended up going on, I went on for no, with no put-ins. I went on for Sarah Salzberg for the matinee and Celia at night. When it was insanity. Like Olive Garden that day. And they got sick they all the got sick. I, I always say, if you want a vacation swing, do it during allergy season because yes. everyone is out. They're out or think they're really sick. Yeah. And no, it was definitely crazy. Wait, wait. Hang on. I know. I just did a real no, quick. That's incredible. <laughs> did you have an agent? When I, you like, how did you start? Are you looking at backstage? Like, yes, how that's how beginning? I started. I started circling the auditions and backstage, a hard copy, and went to everything. Mm-hmm. I went to everything. I don't care what it was. If they were asking for a rocket, I would go for it. Uh-huh. So, um, had lots of wonderful, embarrassing stories with that, but also Please learned a lot. I will. I'll save them. Give us your best one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I did all of that, and then I wound up getting a manager um, through the guy that I was dating, who eventually was my husband, who is now my ex-husband. Okay. (laughs) But he worked at Ellen's Stardust Diner with this guy who was a manager there, Brian, and Brian was just starting to manage people, managed my ex husband Mm -hmm. and then he got introduced to me through him wait i'm sorry was he the manager of the diner and managing talent at the same time just getting into managing talent and here's the great story he is my manager now and works for a huge management company and is my god not only brilliant manager but also into producing now writing and my family He's can we say his name? Brian Leader. We can shout out to Brian. Brian Leader. He works at Authentic now, and he's um, so you guys have he's been quite, through it. Together. No, he's my he's my longest relationship other than my family. Wow. And he is um, he's 
all I always get emotional talking about him because like I can't imagine my life without him like he uh, um it's so it's such a hard business right so like to have someone that is always going to tell you how special you are and that they believe in you. I don't know how people do it without that. Like, mm-hmm. so, and some, you know, and some people have that in their family. And I, I do to some extent, but it's also complicated. And so Brian was just like, he's been this rock for me. And I just love him so much. And I know he loves me. So the idea that you and Brian together yeah. have been through this journey. Yeah. I I can only imagine. I mean, I'm I'm skipping ahead for a moment, mm-hmm. but you were you have not been nominated for a Tony one time. Yeah. You have been nominated <laughs> for a Tony two times. Yeah. Most people no times. <laughs> right? Like that's just and you are a, a young woman still. Aww. Um when you are Cast in Hand to God, yeah. which is the show that Sarah was nominated first for. Um, did you have a feeling, I mean, when you think about the way you're kind of very receptive to the universe, both yeah. in wonderful ways and in complicated ways? Yeah. Um, because when you describe sort of uh, your family's kind of relationship to spirituality, yeah. um, that is heady for a young person. And also... There, there's like no rules to it, right? It's not like like it or not. You go to the Catholic Church, they're like, "This is how you do it." Yeah, and you can leave it or or bend them, but like this is such a um, grow as you go sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, that was terrible language in describing it, but but I guess my question is: When you got hand to God, did yeah. you have any kind of sense like? this might be something that changes my career in ways that I can't even imagine. Yeah, I think there's a there's a few um, things over the course of my career where I've known. Okay, and can you I talk did, about those? The, 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 like the first, keep going. The first one, really the first one was Little Red in Into the Woods. That I knew what I was doing in the audition room because they wanted such a different type. They wanted someone physically large and intimidating. And so they wouldn't see me for mm-hmm. so long. But I I, I knew it was supposed to be me. I just knew it. And so my reps, and at this point I'd added an agent, but just newly added an agent. Okay. This was the first job I booked with her, Erin um, Grash at CESD. Um, but they wouldn't give up and finally they finally agreed to see me 5 days before rehearsals were starting because they couldn't find anybody so i went in and i knew i had to do something different and i um came up with this just you know intense i knew she had to i knew i couldn't be physically large but I knew I could be intense and tiny right. and, and um, fierce. And so I started with that. And then I just added all the things that I learned along the way. Like I took a lot of Schwartzy in that, some Annie, some Hard Knock Life, some flash dance, which I was obsessed with growing up. Like all the little like, things. Did you wear like a sweatshirt off the shoulder? Well, that idea that she was this like stripper welder. welder. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, There was something totally. so like um, – I don't know, earthy and kind yeah. of like fierce about her. Tough girl. Um, so I, d- I took all of those things and I walked into that room in like a little dark romper with black eyeliner, my hair insane, black combo, 
combat boots and uh, combat combat <laughs> boots and just I was like a little serial killer from a Quentin Tarantino movie and they I just kept getting called back every day and so and every day there'd be somebody new and super intimidating in the room like Oscar Eustace and then Paul Gimignani and then it was the British directors were in the room and then the last day this was day three of their rehearsals they'd already been in rehearsals they were rehearsing upstairs and we were auditioning downstairs and there were three of us and it was my 32nd birthday and James Opine, who had already worked with, because everything's like nothing is by chance. That's my cosmic thing. But I'm like, that's why I was working with him before in Spelling Bee. He was there, obviously. And then Stephen Sondheim. And it's the first time I ever met him. Okay. And I walk into the room and I'm like, oh, I mean. Right. It was such a huge moment. But I just... I just knew. I just knew. You kept it together. Yeah. It wasn't a Bernadette moment. No. You did your and work. Gideon Glick was in the room because he was Jack. So he was reading with me. And I just, I just, I was so confident in what I was doing that it just felt like, and I'd grown up with that movie. And I just, you know what? It's more than that. It's, if I really want to break it down, it's, I knew I had something to say in that character. Right. And ultimately, that's when I feel that sort of sp- cosmic sparkle is when I read something and go I know her and she needs my version of her needs to be told Mm -hmm. and so I view all of these characters um, you know the next one being Jessica and Hanticott and then Sandy Lester in Tootsie they're my kids and I I love them so much and I want them to grow and succeed and I want their true authenticity their insights to like really be portrayed and I don't I just knew in the especially in those three instances as soon as I read the material I'm like this I need to tell this story so that kind of um confidence is such a crazy word because it it allows us to fantasize that within that there's no vulnerability or fear right and I think that is incorrect totally they can all live simultaneously Mm mm-hmm and and the more you feel like this is mine, the more your body can freak out right. because of the excitement of right. the thing. Right. So what happens to you when you read the thing that you're like, oh, this is – I have to tell this story. Yeah. I, actually, I am giving birth to the – they yeah. are my children. <laughs> yeah. Like how do you – do you see it like a movie in your head? Like how do you work? Like, I, what happens? Um, in the case, especially in Jess, with Jessica and with – Sandy. Okay. They, I could hear and see them immediately. They just, I could, in the first cold read of it, they jumped off the page. And that doesn't always happen. And that doesn't mean you're not going to book it and not going to like work on it and figure it out. But these women just totally leapt off the page to me. And, um, and I, I often, it's, I don't know, it's like an energy thing. Like, and there's, and there's also a bit of, especially with Jessica at that time in my life I didn't I didn't feel like her in my life mm-hmm. but in playing her for a year or a little over a year um I learned how much all of those things that she were the her strength her um how smart she was grounded that she was you know a caregiver without giving herself away all of those things I learned I actually was. So you're nominated for a Tony yeah. for that job. Yeah. Um, 
was that, how did that morning go for you? You had the thing happen where you're nominated for the prize. I know. That was so most crazy. people know about. Yeah. In the theater. Yeah. I remember getting the call from Brian and, and Aaron was on, my agent was on the phone too. And, um, I mean, I just cried. Like, it's so overwhelming mm-hmm. to have something when you grow up a musical theater kid and you watch the Tonys every year. And it's just, it's amazing to have that happen. It felt surreal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the process, then you launch in because within seconds, you're having to pick out 3,000 outfits and do all these press things right. and, and do the to, show. And do the show at the same time. It's, it's a whirlwind. It's, yeah. It's pretty intense um and i truly thought this time around with sandy i was it was so exciting to have it happen again and i was like oh i'm gonna be so much better at this yes and i don't i think i was way worse why i think i was so i knew what was coming i also hadn't done a it was a musical which is different because you're singing a lot of different things and that also sandy is she is on stage for not that much time but she is so very exhausting. She's yes. really intense. So playing her also vocally, it's you're vocally singing, you're having, screaming. you're screaming, you're yeah. breaking down, yeah, uh, you're entertaining us at a at a fever pitch, <laughs> yeah. Um, and your your counterpart to um, to Andy, mm-hmm. uh, how do you say Andy's last name? Grote Lucian, right? Who's like. The Bill Murray character, yeah. like super chill. So, yeah. so it puts even more pressure on you to deliver a kind of energetic. Well, and I'm also, I mean, I literally say in the song, she could never win a Tony. Like, yeah. there's so much. It's so meta. This yes. whole thing is yes. so crazy. And, and also, I'm physically putting my body through a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. and like panic attacks every night. Right. And I didn't. It took me a while, and it wasn't until after the Tonys were all done, and then like a a month afterwards, where I finally was able to relax and sort of settle into it with, and not honestly like cry all the time. Like I was feeling so overwhelmed by life, and it's a lack of sleep. You know, that's a big part of it. Opening a musical, forget the Tonys, just opening a musical on Broadway is. A never-ending process. Yeah, it's a lot. But then also just, you know, I get real wrapped. I do get very wrapped up in these women. And, like, when I was playing Jessica, I had the best year of my life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was very productive. I felt super grounded and safe. and, right. and like because that's where she lived. That's where she lived. But right. Sandy lives in this... I mean, it's a it's flutter. Chaotic. Sometimes after my that first scene, when I have this, I I know it's going to happen. The big song, I come upstairs and I have to do a quick change to get back down for the um the audition scene, and my dresser will be like, "Take a breath," because I won't. I, I even forget. still, even months right and now, months and months, you can kind of hear it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, this was supposed to be fun. <laughs> no, no, but you can kind of yeah. hear. It. It's like. Yeah. I just, you know, just drop. It's really important for me to be meditating and yoga and do all that stuff right now because she lives very um, – it's hard to put in words. I'm doing this thing with my hands right now. You can't see it. No, I hate sometimes <laughs> that this is just audio. What a waste. But I think that's a really important – first of all, you are doing something in this show that I've never seen before. 
other than like Noises Off, a play I love so much where yeah. there's a kind of like you you're laughing so much for so long. Maybe many years ago in the original production, I remember being like, they have to stop because it hurt like I'm hurting yeah. now. Like my face like People I, say that to us a yes, lot. <laughs> I feel like watching you and I'm not kidding, I like pulled a muscle. <laughs> like I pulled a muscle in my face. From laughing so hard. I was with, like, John Benjamin Hickey, all these, like, people. We all went to see it. Oh, my God. Um, because we were obsessed with the movie. Yeah. So so there was something, I mean, obviously, this is not your first interview. We have heard a lot about Tootsie, and mm-hmm. Robert Horn was here, and mm-hmm. other, you know, Lily Cooper, and all these amazing people. Um, this is not the movie Tootsie. Yeah. So much so that at one point I was like, it's funny that they're calling this Tootsie. <laughs> Because other than the fact that an actor pretends to be a woman to yeah. get a part, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, there are some characters from that movie who remain. Right. But it's – it's it, anyway, that it's is fascinating thing. to me yeah. too. Just as someone who's like produced twice in my life, like how do you do that? Like how do you get the rights to something? But then it's actually not the thing. And then you change it into a like completely other – it's not a soap opera. It's yeah, a probably musical. musical. <laughs> and it's – Julie's a complete feminist. And like yep. the – per you know, she's Gloria Steinem at the center of this thing. Yeah. So so there are touchstones. Sandy is an actress who's right. having a hard time and her friend – Friggin' takes her job. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And I just thought that was really interesting too. Like the source material as template and not much else in yeah. a way. Yeah. And David Yazbek and Robert Horn uh, and Scott, like just the, a dream team creatively. Yeah. And if there was ever a part and an actress where this fusion of souls and talents were just meant to be, mm-hmm. it feels to me or – you can tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> was it at one point, like, did they just start writing on you and for you and with you? Because it's so seamless. Yeah. I Thank you so much, first of all, for Sorry, saying that. Sorry, that was such a long-winded no, so way sweet. of saying the Tony goes to Sarah Styles. <laughs> that's what I want to say. Um, they, they did. You know what they wrote? Robert is a genius, and he just writes. He wrote for everybody. As mm-hmm. soon as we, you know. Also, Scott Ellis is so brilliant, and he has this way of finding people and putting people in a room that the chemistry is so good. I don't know how he sees it, but, like, we could tell, like, in the readings, a new person would come in and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. That's the person. And he, we were really almost completely cast before they even went into rehearsals. From readings, yeah. Yeah. Um, And and Robert... Had you worked with Scott before in a... Not really. Uh I just did this... A reading like a couple months before of what of um it was this lip sync musical awesome yeah it was all and I played like a ten year old cracked out you know baby is it baby Jane what is the the yeah like psycho little uh star baby mm-hmm. I mean it was a odd piece it was really huh. funny but he also what he has said and. Has what told did me he as see well. from that? That's what, what he said was, she makes things funny in a way I've never seen made funny. So he liked that I had like original takes on things, even though I will be honest. I'm like, well, that I just read. Isn't that how everybody would do it? Right. Like to me, I'm like, well, that's just the way in, right? Do you think about <laughs> comedy? Like, do you have an intellectual relationship to it also? Do you understand comedy? I The more I do it, the, the yes. I think like I, I can, you know, if someone's, if someone is being really dry, you 
it'll probably work better if you're not being really dry. Right. If this like the timing, all of you hear it, and that's what's so beautiful about our cast is we all speak the same comedy language. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can even describe it, but it's there's so much trust on stage because we all feel it the same way. We all know who's going to look out when or who's going to take the break. And you don't or who, get in each other's way. In never. There's so much like, generosity right. on stage. And yeah, so um, yeah, I think I technically understand comedy. It's, I, I you know, I, I'm scared to say that because I, You're like, there that feels went. scary. I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to follow my face. <laughs> today, I guess I don't. Um, were there teachers or mentors along the way that you sort of like, I work this way in part because this teacher. Yes. I, I when I was 30 and mm-hmm. I'd just gotten divorced, I went to this teacher, Tanya Berezin. Do you know her? Well, yeah. Tanya came out of the Circle Rep yes. company. I was a lab member. Oh. She, I, all of the, like, she and She's Bill so Hurd brilliant. and all of these incredible people were just icons. Yeah. Marshall made crazy Yes, craziness. all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, I do. So, I got into her class and I, I really think, I think in the beginning, you, you kind of are a bit of a, a mimic, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have sure. all these inspirations growing up. You're watching these movies and you're going and seeing shows. And so you you just, you see something that you like and you try to do it. Sure. And I think I made a career for a long time doing that. And and when you say that, are there people that like pop in your head? Gilda or? and mm-hmm. Madeline Kahn and, and Bernadette Peters, of all of those people. And, um, and then when you, when I got into this class, she just stripped off all of that away and I started discovering what my own instincts were and what um honestly who I was which is another thing that I feel like is important to talk about just this this so I think for years I just was chasing the gigs Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to be an actress so badly and I didn't I didn't take time to live my life separate from that my life was just work I didn't go and visit family I didn't do go to that wedding that I was should because I was afraid of leaving town even right. for a second right. because I didn't want to miss an audition and I always felt like I had to hustle and and I I needed to climb I need to run faster and, and climb higher and all of those things and so you kind of hit a wall at that you know at, to a, at a point yeah. and you realize well it's sort of empty Right. And getting into Tanya's class and really just discovering who I was and what I loved and what made me take and what made me special made me also start living my life. Mm-hmm. And what, you can't be an artist unless you have a life because right. that's you're you're just portraying lives like that's if you don't if you don't know what it feels like, then right. how you're are you going to do it in the world? Yeah. So that was like that. I feel like a late bloomer in that way, although, you know, I. I'd been on Broadway at that point, but it sure. didn't, it was sort of like, it was more empty and now it just feels so full. And now coming back and playing Sandy, who might be a little bit, I mean, she's definitely farther behind. Like, it's so, it's so fun to put all of those colors into it. She's such a complicated little creature. And obviously, if you hadn't accomplished all the things you'd accomplished, you'd really be having the nervous breakdown. <laughs> Right. Totally. Instead of like, it's a memory play in a little bit <laughs> totally. way for you, right? Like, so because yeah. 
I know. It's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Like the center yeah. of Sandy. Um, and yet she's going to get to do the thing. Yeah. I know. It's all She'll be fine. I do yeah. feel like the audience walks away going, she's going to be okay. And it's not because of what that last final moment, which you don't want to ruin for people. Right. It's not that. It's not about another person. It is really she's come to this realization that – this is just who she is, mm-hmm. and then that is okay. God, I wish I could remember. One of the last, originally, that last line, my exit line, oh, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was something like, um, I think it was, and you know what? About an, She was having an audition the next day. She's like, yeah. I need to go and work on this audition. And you know what? I'm going to get it this time. And she starts to walk out, and then she comes back and with a huge smile goes, no, I'm not. And then leaves. And it always worked, but like they, you know, they change it for different reasons. But I always loved that because she was kind of like, it ain't about that. I'm just, it's just the process. I'm but gonna. Yes. I mean, think about <laughs> how much time we spend working on so many things we never end up doing oh, beyond yeah. the audition. Yeah. And I will say, I have finally come to a place where I, I love auditioning now because I do. talk about that. What does it that has mean? taken me so. Is that English? What? I know it's taken me so long to be like, okay, this is just an opportunity to investigate this other uh, human, and you get to do it for this amount of time, and really the outcome. I get. I still listen. I still feel terrible after auditions sometimes, but that's only if I if I don't. Do what do you it. wanted to do. Yes, exactly. So I, I've, I've grown to really appreciate them in a way. I think I used to, if it was an audition that I really wanted, it used to be hard for me to work on the material because I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to I'm gonna Invest love it too much. Yeah. And then she won't be mine. And then I'm going to be devastated. Mm-hmm. But then when you've lived enough and had been fired for enough jobs or like lost yeah. things, you realize, oh, well, why are you worried about it? That doesn't matter at all. Can we just switch gears completely before <laughs> I let you go, which is going to be hard, but I, I'm a grown-up and I'll do it. Um, get Shorty. Yeah. Billions. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you've also entered into sort of this dream of getting to be on Broadway and then learn what it is to be in front of a camera and yeah. do what you do. Um, the, let's just start with Get Shorty for yeah. a second. Which is a few years ago now. Well, we have season three is October sixth on Epics. Incredible, yeah. But it's so it's been three years. Three, since oh, you yes, started, three years right? since I started. Yeah, Ray Romano. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd, um, who plays uh, your baby daddy, Sean Bridgers. Thank you. So I could go on and on. But yeah. Even just, even just like, let's just start with Chris. Yeah. What? I I know. <laughs> I just texted with him the other day because he got an Emmy. What? It's so exciting. I want him to come on. Oh. That would be really fun. He's um, he's the greatest. Well, <laughs> I just feel like you are, you know, working with these people. I know. First of all, you're right there. Like, you're an ensemble, 100%. Uh-huh. Um, are there things that, like, now, because those people, maybe Chris has done a million plays. I don't know. I don't know his background. But, yeah. like, Ray Romano, stand-up. Yep. But all of them had done a lot of content in front of the camera. Yes. Were there things from Ray or Chris that, like, you can share that you watched or learned? 
Ray helped me a lot because that that was the first series that I got. So mm-hmm. I got to continue. It was it was more than just right, like a one off. Yeah, yeah. So um, he and I was his secretary. And Did that's, you read with him when you auditioned? Oh my god, no! I got okay. it from a self tape. Oh it my was god. dumb. And the director called me, just had some a conversation with me about the character, and then uh, had me put it on tape again. I did a wacko. It was one of those, you know, serial killer moments where I was like, all right, let's just shoot for the moon and try something crazy. And and I got cast and flew out. Oh, my God. Yeah, From your was, living room. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. It okay. was, that was stupid. But, um, but we Ray... can still be friends. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but, no, you did not read with Ray Romano. I didn't. got to set. Yeah. So the first day of set, I'm doing scenes with him. And it was so – he's such a nice – and like approachable guy really and he but he's really he's very he's really good at at comedy and all and he's a great actor mm-hmm. but he loves to work and he's really hard on himself okay so he isn't just i mean he knows all the lot li- we all come in very prepared everyone on that set comes in very prepared and we like to rehearse with each other and like figure out what the best beat is and he would say things like I, I remember one of one of the first scenes that I did with him, I had to slap him like with a, right. I mean, really hit him hard. Right. And he finally, after like the third take, was like, "Oh, you know, you can, um, you can really go after me. That's like you can it's whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's okay." And I'd be like, "Oh, okay, all right, yeah, okay." And then we did, and then he's like, "Oh, can we do my side again? Because that was great." Like there was so much generosity, generosity, and it was easy. It was like. It was it was the best place to learn. All those people were so supportive and so good. And you get you know in a series you're working with so many different directors. So I mean I won't I won't lie. I'll be I was scared pretty much every time I went to set for that first season mm-hmm. because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like how did I get this? You know yeah. what I mean. I yeah. that, at the end of the day, I'm always like, oh, they're gonna figure it out. I'm just I shouldn't be here. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, well, in that case, it's really hard because there's no rehearsal, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, the luxury of you guys no, I mean, working what, on bits and stuff, but, like, it goes so fast. Yeah, it goes really fast. But also that the showrunner, Davey Holmes, is incredible and throughout the series has – my character has really evolved and she – he's written to my strengths. He also – he found out I was a singer he found out I was a Broadway baby, and he makes you made her a Broadway singer. baby. Yes. Yeah, and like there's so, and I can't give away spoilers for this coming season, but please watch it, and especially if you watch Tetsi, you should watch it because there's some very, very cool stuff that they did. And he also, listen, I was a series regular on that show. He knew my heart was really in theater; that that's where I just, it's it's. It's baby Sarah's, like, mm-hmm. hang it. We'll hang on to that as the most important thing forever. And he let me go. He literally gave me permission to go and do this show. And they wrote around it. And the day after the Tonys uh, were on a Sunday, the next Sunday, I was taking a red eye out to Vancouver and we shot all f- four of my episodes in four days. Are and then I flew serious? back. Yeah. He, that is incredible. I mean, the, the people, I can't believe how lucky I am. The people that I'm working with right now, and Billions was doing the same thing. I was flying back and forth when we were in Chicago. To New York. I was, yeah, and they would send me, I mean, they literally sent me on a 
a private plane. What? <laughs> to fly and shoot all day. Well, it is billions. It was billions. I, billions. It was the craziest plane. thing. And they show up and the showrunners are like, <laughs> Brian Compliment and David Levine are like, what do you think? Do you have a good flight? And I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy. I haven't slept because I'm just too excited. <laughs> <laughs> You're like bouncing around. Um, may yeah. I have another tomato juice, please? Oh, it's so, so crazy. Yeah, it's TV, it's been really fun to do all of and and I don't, you know, the other thing is I just I can't imagine my life without one of these characters in it. They're right. all, they're my kids. I can't I get know, rid of one of my kids. But I can't help but, like, <laughs> harken back to when you talk about how you grew up. Yeah. And you're shopping at the Salvation Army out of necessity. Yeah. And now to make a living. Yeah. And TV money as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tony nominee, when you negotiate your contract, Sarah Styles. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I think people's relationship to money is really interesting. Yeah. I think an artist's relationship to money is really complicated. Mm -hmm. Even saying out loud, like, it's not just a hobby. I love to do it. Like, I actually, like, anytime a negotiation comes up, I feel sick inside. Like, are they going to think, like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to do it. Like, I I just also know, like, I have some bills to pay at the same time as I do your thing. So, yeah. It must be incredible to come from where you come from, to have had the support and a family going, follow your passion. Yeah. But just to go back to the anxiety that you were describing. Yeah. That doesn't go away because of success or money. Oh, no. Uh, In fact, all of these things can add to the anxiety that we feel so how do you, what do you do with that? How do you hold that? Uh, I accept it now. Mm-hmm. I don't try to push it away. I say hi to it and I let myself have my feelings. So if, and and I'm really lucky because I'm with, I'm in a relationship with a man who totally sees me and gets that part of me and welcomes it. And it's not that you need someone else to do that. But for me and how I grew up and, and my my story, I did need that. And I do need that. And I and now I'm given permission to just be me. And that is that's a pretty um, special thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're a really special human. <laughs> oh. And I just cannot believe Sometimes I think like there's a lot about the planet that's not working great. Yeah. And then I think I'm on the planet at the same time as you. Oh. So something's going okay. You're going to make me cry. No. I think you're very special. Thank you. I really do. I've been listening to your show and just you have a way of making people feel really safe and and free and you can you just get to the heart of it and it's a beautiful thing you're very 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 special well thank you for being (laughs) part of it thank Um, you all right let's just see if it recorded everyone new episodes of little known facts drop every monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider also if you go to the website littleknownfactspodcast.com you'll find behind the scenes photos videos and interviews and lots more on the gallery page and if you are loving these intimate candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show please head over to the contributions page i depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week 
So if you love the show, please donate. Thank you to John Zaytoon, who is the talent coordinator for this episode. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City.